You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. It is our Wednesday Stock Up, Stock Down episode. We're taking stock up teams and players and coaches and everything around the NFL between week seven and Eight. Some news around the league. Some trades happening, Matt. It's the trade deadline season. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football watching. At BD Peacock on Twitter, at Williamson NFL. We've got trades. We've got pass rushers on the move, Matt. Carlos yeah. Dunlap, uh, he is going to Seattle. I think this is a move that the Seahawks absolutely had to make. Carlos Dunlap, one of the most underrated players probably in the NFL over the last decade. Yeah, I want to pull back the curtain a little because it's Wednesday noon Eastern is when we're recording this. And Come to think of it, I, I used to host the chat on ESPN.com every day at, or every Wednesday at noon. And I always felt like before that chat was like recap, you know, time of the week. After that chat was move on and dig into next week. Totally side note. I'm not sure why that fell into my noggin. But anyway, <laughs> we're recording this noon Eastern on Wednesday. And I bring that up because I really expect there to be a lot of fun activity maybe in between now and when we record noon Eastern on Thursday. I think there could be a bevy of trades, a lot of activity. Um, a lot of these teams have to get out of their cap situation for next year. There's obvious sellers. There's obvious buyers. Uh, a lot of these higher price guys are going to have a harder time getting under the cap next year. And this was one that came down a couple minutes before we started recording and it makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I've been banging on the, the Bengals a little bit. They're hard to trade with. They overvalue their guys. I mean, that's just what I've been told, and the evidence is pretty strong. But this makes a ton of sense to get him off the books. They have some young defensive linemen. He's been, and as you mentioned, I absolutely think he's been one of the more underrated defensive linemen of this generation, a really good player. I'd have to go back and see how he's doing this year in particular. But I bet he's doing better than Seattle's pass rushers. <laughs> yeah, I, I would assume he's doing better than Seattle's pass rushers. And he is, I, I saw a tweet a minute ago from PFF breaking down how good he's been since 2010. But I think the biggest thing here with the Bengals is that they have Carl Lawson, who pretty much is the starter there. And Dunlap is unhappy. He's like, well, man, I'm, I'm the guy. I've been the guy for so long. And he kind of wanted out, so this deal makes a ton of sense for me there. And I, I love what I'm seeing from Carl Lawson, by the way, in Cincinnati. Yeah, Lawson is a really good player. So is Hubbard. I know he's hurt, but they, they have some dudes there. I assume they'll continue to reinforce it this offseason, youth movement. Um, I think it's a good move for Seattle. I'm not sure what the compensation is. Maybe we'll know that by tomorrow. But Seattle is certainly never bashful about trading a pick for a player too i mean it could be a first rounder it could be jimmy graham i mean percy harvin i mean they, they do that often this isn't to that magnitude but that's a, just an organizational philosophy jamal adams here we go carlos dunlap in 2019 this is 2019 for carlos dunlap 
He mm-hmm. he was good last year. Yeah, he was good. He had an 89.7 pro football focus grade, tied for third among defensive ends. His run defensive grade was high. He was second there with 89. Pass rush grade, 17th of edge defenders, uh, 77.8. Since 2010, his PFF grade, right on par with that. 89.9, just short of an elite level of player for a long time. And nobody really talks about Carlos Dunlap. It's really strange. Um, and 86.3 uh, run D grade. So I don't know. It, even if you don't believe in PFF grading system, um, I mean, he's just been a player that's... Defensive lineman, I put more merit in than, than some positions. I, I like I like PFF for linemen specifically because there's a lot less stats to go through. And it's a lot harder for... I think the layperson to know who's good and who's not, unless they're collecting a bunch of sacks and sacks isn't always the best indicator of what a player is doing, even though Dunlap has collected quite a few sacks in his career as well. Yeah. And I remember when I did my edge rankings in the off season for pro football network, I think I had him 16th or so, you know, that was coming off that last year, like you mentioned, where I thought he was a vastly underrated player. Again, I'm not real sure how he's played this year, but he's got a big body of work that I trust him. And again, that he's better than Seattle's guys. He's a big body dude. I Mm -hmm. mean, he's a four, three N traditional from the eighties plays the run, doesn't drop into coverage is what he is. He's six, six, two eighty five, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Power end, but they can get after the passer 13 and a half sacks in 2015. And he's never had below Let's see, seven and a half sacks between 2013 and 2019. And those pass rushers, I think people overlook situation. And sorry to bring this back to the Steelers, folks, but I really thought last year it became obvious to me when I did so much Steeler work that they've been the best pass rushing team in the league for three years in a row. They've, they've led the league in sacks. And when I analyzed like the Steelers' pass rush last year, I went, there's like – no instances in the Duck Hodges Rudolph era that they were winning by 12 points, you know, 10 minutes left in the game, terrible towels flying, sack time. And Dunlap in his career, my point is, Dunlap in his career has not played with a lot of leads late in games to close teams out and, and get sacks. In Seattle, he probably will. $4.8 million in salary is what the Seahawks will need to pay him prorated for the rest of 2020. And Dunlap still signed through 2021 as well. Non-guaranteed contract, about $11 million. So we'll see if he gets that money or, or gets that. cut. But um, Seattle does have a couple of young pass rushers that are hurt right now as well that they drafted this year. Uh, Alton Robinson and there's another one. Who, who am I missing? Well, Collier, they've got nothing out. Yeah, of Collier's been nothing. Year. First rounder in 2019. That was an awful. That was an awful pick at the time. I don't, the, oh, the Seahawks no are a strange, a strange team. But uh, yeah, they're not afraid to make trades. That's for sure. Back. And they might be getting uh, the guy they just traded uh, a bunch of draft capital for in Jamal Adams back very soon. So Seattle gearing up to make that run. Needed some help on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know who else got some help on the defensive side of the ball? We haven't really talked much about this trade. Was Everson Griffin going from the Cowboys? He had just signed with the Cowboys to start the year. He's going now to the Detroit Lions, who are like, let's go for it over here in Detroit. What do you think about those Lions? I know you're maybe higher on the Lions than most. I was, and I still give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. And the bet I placed on them actually was to go to the playoffs, not win the division. So who knows? Maybe they could sneak in. They're three and three. I think that's their logic behind it is they probably were in the Griffin sweepstakes when he was a free agent. They played against him twice a year, knew him really well, of course. And frankly, their pass rush stinks and they can afford to get him under their cap. He can help them make a run. It's a massive need. 
I think at this stage of his career, he's probably better playing 60% of the snaps, not 90, you know, and that's fine and, and rotate him around. And he has some versatility in that Patricia Belichick scheme where he could bounce inside. He's also a power player on his best day. So I'm fine with the Lions, you know, showing some aggression and saying, we're not going to, I think it sends a good message to the locker room, at least, you know, Hey, we're in it to win it this, this way. And I have a, a conspiracy theory on, oh. on the Cowboys. What do you got? I know they're terrible. I mean, they were 31st in my power ranks this week. And I understand let's dump salary. That's more money. We can give the DAC or whoever going forward, but that's not what Jerry Jones does. And they're not out of the East race. I wonder if this is a dump to then call Miami for Fitzpatrick or, you know, something like that, you know, clear space for move number two. I mean, they're still in position as bad as they are to do something in the NFC East to make a playoff run. So maybe quarterback right. is somewhere. Yeah. Collecting a couple picks and trying to make a move there. I don't know. Cause defense is where they needed the help. I feel like it's a little bit more oh, white absolutely. flag than that, but, um, yeah, that, that's an interesting totally, one there in yeah, Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, coming up, we've got some more trade rumors, I think. Big names that could be on the move and stock up, stock down around the NFL. Do you want to keep your vehicle running smooth? Do you want to keep your family safe in that vehicle? Do you want to save some money? Then you've got to go to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Rockauto.com. You can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The website is no nonsense. I love it. Super easy to find exactly what you need for exactly your vehicle. And yes, your vehicle is covered. Unbelievable amount of vehicles from every make and model. Dating back to since before anybody who was listening to this podcast was born. It's pretty amazing the selection that rockauto.com has. Everything from... Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, small, big parts, whatever it is you need. You need a new tailgate. You need wiper blades. You can find it at rockauto.com. It's a unique and remarkably easy to navigate website. Their catalog is huge. Quickly find all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. And those prices, by the way, always reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. To wrap up the trade deadline talk, Matt, uh, there's been rumors about a couple of big names potentially on the market. There's been a lot of talk about second-year defensive tackle Quinn Williams being shopped or not necessarily shopped. Actually, according to Ralph Facchiano, the Jets are not shopping Quinton Williams, according to his source. However, there's interest from around the NFL and GM Joe Douglas is willing to listen to offers as always. And then there's a rumor that popped up this morning about the Patriots and Stephon Gilmore potentially being on the move. Patriots coach Bill Belichick, when asked, said he, quote, doesn't know anything about the Stephon Gilmore trade rumors. I don't yeah, know if I believe what the- Bill Belichick is saying, but I, I can I can see both of those. Right, and I don't believe anything comes out of Bill's mouth, but that's okay. Um, I woke up to a bevy of texts from my buddies saying, the Steelers are trading Cam Sutton in a pick for Stephon Gilmore. I'm like, I don't know about what? that. Uh, <laughs> I guess Cam Sutton put out a cryptic tweet last late last night that his contract's up after this year. He's a good young defensive back. Um, 
but I don't think the Steelers are interested in Stephon Gilmore. I mean, he's super expensive. He's a really good player. But I could see the Patriots shopping him. They have a lot of cap space next year, actually, though. They, their roster could be dramatically different. I, who knows? I, I mean, I, I'm not taking those rumors with a lot of with a lot of uh, validity for for anything with Gilmore. But Quinn and Williams, to me, really reminds me of Minka Fitzpatrick with the the, the Dolphins. I mm-hmm. mean, if you trade for him, he's a cost controlled guy for several years. You didn't have to pay his rookie signing bonus, which is awesome. The Jets already ate that. And he's been – I think he's their best player. I mean, I've been watching him this year because I loved him at Bama. He was really quiet, obviously, as a rookie and tried to take a gun on a plane and was hurt a lot and, like, no good press for, since he came in the league. So he's kind of been forgotten, but he's kind of been awesome this year. And he's, like, the only good bright spot for the team – I would need a lot to trade him if I were Joe Douglas, considering his age and cap situation. But obviously, if teams are thinking the Jets are having a fire sale, he's the first guy I would call about. Right. And if you are Joe Douglas and you want to start with your image because he did not draft mm-hmm. Quinn and Williams. Then, or a different defensive scheme next year. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and I think Quinn and Williams would fit pretty much any scheme. And, and he did. Yeah. He has looked a lot better this year. Um, he he dominated the 49ers game, and I watched that one a couple times, watched it very closely. That That's the best I've seen him play in the NFL so far was that Week 2 matchup. So he's played a lot better, but if you could get what you think he's worth, then I could see that happening, but I don't know if a team would pony up for him like a team ponied up for Mika Fitzpatrick. I mean, there's only a first. See, I think he's worth a first all day long. Yeah, you would give up a first for him? I, 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 would, I think it would be more yeah. difficult to get that because I just don't think he's flashed as much as Mika early in his career. But maybe I'm missing the boat there because, I mean, every team in the NFL could use a stud, young, cost-controlled defensive lineman. Yeah, right. And I'm sure a lot of people had very high grades on him recently coming out of school, of course. All right, Matt, let's get uh, to it. Just, you know how ESPN does their pass rush win rate? I was just pulling yes. that one up because early in the year – he was on that amongst defensive tackles. He's not in the top 10 anymore, but he is third in run stop rate for them. Just you know, one little nugget. I have more stock ups than stock downs. I think most of the stock downs are things that have stayed down for a while. Um, or maybe I'm just looking at things more optimistically here as we head toward week eight. But I'm going to give it to you first, Matt, and pass the mic. Who you got? Who's your first stock up, stock down here as we look toward week eight? Once in a while when we do these, I just like grab a theme or a, a single position group and I grabbed running backs. I mean, I just think that, you know, has some fantasy relevance to it. Everyone's hurting so bad at the running back position in terms of fantasy. We got McCaffrey coming back possibly tomorrow night. So I thought fantasy or running backs in general were highly relevant. And here's, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to start negative. Zeke has to be on that list for me. And the fumbles, and I know his blocking's terrible. I know their team's terrible, but he hasn't broken off any chunk runs either. Like, I'm a little worried that with his workload over his awesome career, Hall of Fame-like career, is this the first phase of he's starting to age a little? I'm just throwing that out there. Because once he does get past the line of scrimmage, he's not breaking off chunk runs. I can buy that. I can buy that. It, with running backs, it happens quickly, too. And it happens yeah. earlier than any other position in the NFL, which is why you don't pay running backs long-term contracts, starting with their second deal, um, in my opinion. But Yeah, oh, I hear you. Or big money contracts, at least. 
Um, and I have some running backs on my list as well, uh, but I, I want to jump into some wide receivers here, and I, I want to okay. look at Tyler Lockett because of what he did last Ooh. week, and it was sort of like DK Metcalf was taking over that wide receiver group in Seattle, and Tyler Lockett's like, no, nah, wait a second, I can do some things as well, and he's had, he's had a really good season himself, but hadn't had as many headlines as DK Metcalf, and it's funny, when you catch 15 passes for 200 yards, and DK's Stopping a, a pick six was still the play that made the headlines in that game, even though DK only had two catches. But uh, just some stats here for Tyler Lockett. And he's accounted for 31.8% of Seattle's targeted air yards this year. For comparison, DK Metcalf has accounted for 37.7% of the team's air yards. So almost 70% of the air yards go into just those two receivers in the entire Seahawks offense. But in week seven for Tyler Lockett, he accounted for 53 0.4% of the team's targeted air yards. According to Next Gen Stats, killing people on crossing routes, he's either first or tied for first in the NFL on receptions, targets, yards, and touchdowns on crossing routes. He was used down the field on some big plays. It was like, look, whoever Patrick Peterson's not lined up on, we're just going to target the heck out of him all night long. My point is with, with bringing up Tyler Lockett here and then the combo of DK Metcalf, they're such different players, but they're both so perfect for Russell Wilson. And if you're a defense going against them, it's going to be so hard to have the type of talent on your defensive roster and scheme to take both players out of the game. So it's almost like you have to pick your poison. It was DK Metcalf for the Cardinals, and then Tyler Lockett wrecked him. And we've seen other games this year where DK Metcalf is the one that wrecked defenses. So a scary proposition going up against Russell Wilson and that Seahawks offense with both what DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett could do. Very different, but can both blow up at pretty much any time. Yeah, that, that's great stuff, and I agree with everything you said. And it's it's certainly what teams have two corners that can be their equals. No one, you know. I mean, and even Patrick Peterson isn't quite what he used to be, but he also matches up really well against a big physical guy like Metcalf, who Metcalf almost had the game winner too. I mean, he was quiet, but he made the defensive play yes. of the game, and he made potentially the game winner if it wasn't for a so-so holding call. I love Lockett. I absolutely do. And something I love to do during the week is go watch defensive film because they'll tell you, you know, with some of these teams, like anyone that plays Arizona tries to take away Hawkins. I mean, like he's the one. But there's a lot of teams out there where you're not sure, you know, who's truly the one, you know, and who's the one that the team that played, that, that studied all week of tape decides that they're most fearful of. Like, Again, sorry about Steelers' example, but Tennessee was more afraid of Claypool than Juju or Deontay. Well, wow. Claypool got zero passes. The other two had like 26 targets between them. You know, like these teams that have two, three, four varied different type receivers are really hard to play against in today's NFL. That makes me think that Chase Claypool should be a huge stock up, even though he didn't produce, because if that's right. already the respect he's earned from opposing defensive coordinators around the league as rookie. Right. And I, I, if they would have called me, I would have said Deontay's the one. You just don't know it because he's been hurt. He's, <laughs> he really is the one. People don't know that. Yet. Wow. Okay. But, yeah. And he's, you know, so I love, I love that kind of thing. You know, like sometimes teams will lean towards Brandon Cooks more than Fuller, you know, like Diggs and Thielen when they were together, which who do they fear more? You know, cause it's really hard to be equal on those. You mentioned Will Fuller there, and I've got another stock up here, which is Jair Alexander, who lined up opposite Will Fuller on 28 of his 41 passing routes and held him to zero receptions on one target. So Jair Alexander, and there was a question in our two-minute warning that we didn't get to yesterday 
asking if he's become maybe the best cornerback in the league. And I think he's in the conversation. I think he's one of the best young cornerbacks in the league. I think consistency-wise in his career, we see him go up and down a little bit. So I want to see that consistency stay. But on his best days, he's an absolute shutdown guy. Yeah, there's probably four or five I would take over him right now to play this Sunday. But there's fewer than that of who do I want from this point on for the rest of their career. You know, I mean, I really I mentioned him the other day. I think Jalen Ramsey is a super freak. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I'll take him over everybody and ask him to do whatever. Um, Marlon Humphrey comes to mind with Baltimore. I've been watching him a lot this week with you know Steelers Ravens. That he moves all over. But I love your call with that Dejari Alexander here. He's a great player. And he's a perfect example of when who, who do they want to try to take away? Well, that's where Alexander's. Davis White would be in that conversation. We've got more stock up, stock downs coming up to finish up this Wednesday edition of Peacock and Williamson. You know how much I love Built Bars. We've talked about them for a while on the show. And if you want the opportunity to buy a box of Built Bars for 20% off, well, I've got a deal for you. And they have a ton of new flavors of Built Bars as well to go along with their 12 original flavors. Bars are covered in delicious 100% real chocolate, not some brown colored sugary substance. This is legit chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are great for the health conscious folks out there if you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Bars are low in calories, low sugar, high in protein, high fiber, even great for keto diets. You go with the new cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and four grams of sugar. One of my favorite flavors is the peanut butter. 19 grams of protein in that one, only 5 grams of sugar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Matt, what do you got? You got some more running backs on deck that you want to uh, talk about here with the stock up, stock down before week eight? Yeah, I'm going to stick with the negative here. David Montgomery. I mean, boy, the Bears, I did some homework on the Bears, and I didn't realize how pass-heavy this team is. I mean, it's really, really bad. I, I mean, and they they aren't running the ball at all over the last month. And I think some is the line. It's not always just the running back's fault, obviously. Um, but holy cow, he doesn't make any – anyone miss he's a very pedestrian athlete we knew these things coming out of school but he looks like a backup to me very pedestrian looking on the field I agree with you about David Montgomery this season has been so strange when it comes to rookies and I've been tracking rookie wide receivers all season long but rookie running backs I think have been disappointing and rookie wide receivers have done a lot more than I thought and I thought it'd be completely flipped I've got a bunch of Cam Akers and um, well, J.K. Dobbins on my fantasy team. in the last two games. Yes, that, and that's what my, my stock up, stock down is, is one of each here. It's Daryl Henderson back from the dead for the, the Los Angeles Rams, getting the bulk sure. of the carries the last couple of weeks, and then Malcolm Brown working in behind him, and Cam Akers has been straight up on the bench. Yeah, four snaps the last two games. He wasn't involved at all last week. And J.K. Dobbins, who I thought at some point would just at least break out in a couple of games and, and get worked in a little bit more, has been like number three on the depth chart in in um, in Baltimore a lot of games and, and hasn't done much. I've been waiting for those breakouts. And even Jonathan Taylor, who's got the entire workload in Indianapolis, hasn't really broken out and, and looked like the player that you thought he 
could be. So some disappointment, I think, with running backs this year, especially as it uh, looks through the fantasy lens. Yeah, and I, I mentioned about the Bears' pass, you know, run pass um, percentage. Only one team throws the ball a higher percentage than Chicago. Like that's terrible. I mean, that 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 team should not be structured that way. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because in my stock up, I have some rookie running backs, but it's just stock up question mark. It's <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, both those teams coming off a of bye. Maybe I'm just the eternal optimist. I know you traded for Taylor. I drafted Dobbins. Dobbins was my favorite running back in this draft. And even Zach Moss, I'm wondering, is it going to be their backfield like from this point on? When we do stock up next week, are we going to say, boy, these teams finally figured it out and are leaning on those rookies? I just think it's coming. They could be stocked down as easy as stock up. I just have a question mark. Right. So they're stocked down currently because what they've done, but that's a buy low situation for you because they're too talented and they should be some eventually the cream rises at the top and they take over some backfield action the second half of the season. I get what you're saying there. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a little bit with Swift. Uh, Taylor Dobbins and Moss are the ones I think are going to be next. And I'll be right on one or two and wrong on the other. But I also have Antonio Gibson and James Robinson on this list. Mm -hmm. I've been impressed with those guys. I mean, Robinson is like a top five fantasy back. I mean, if I were the Jags, we were talking about this on Locked On Dynasty last night. Like, I think he's their 2021 opening day starter running back. You know, like, go use your resources somewhere else. Originally, I thought, like, a Dynasty, sell this guy. I mean, he's a nobody. But I think he's good enough now where I would say, okay, we found a running back. He might not be Gale Sayers or Jim Brown, but he's pretty good. We just kind of glazed over uh, Zach Moss. I think that's a big mm-hmm. one because Devin Singletary has not been impressive. And, no. and really, Zach Moss hasn't been super impressive. The, the entire running game I thought would be better in Buffalo so far. But I could absolutely see that shifting towards Zach Moss now that he's healthy in the second half of the year just because the guy in front of him. And it'll probably be a timeshare either way. So maybe that's just a backfield, backfield to completely avoid. But, you know, if Zach Moss sitting on your waiver wire or something like that, that would be a fantastic pickup. Speaking of waiver wires, I got another one here. And it's just pretty much the entire Shanahan running game. But if Jermichael Hasty is on your waiver wire, pick that guy up right now because he might get some serious run and he's got juice. He is such a perfect fit. It reminds me so much of Devontae Freeman and Shanahan's offense in Atlanta. Jeff Wilson, who had three touchdowns last week, another undrafted free agent doing big things in that offense. He got hurt. He's going on IR. Tevin Coleman might come back this week, which would hurt that hasty stock, but I don't think it's it, it's just it's very up in the air so i don't know if coleman would get a full load if he does come back so jamichael hasty's one that he, if he is still available and if you're playing me he has not been available because i picked him up a couple of weeks ago but um <laughs> yeah basically any back that's going to start a game in a kyle shanahan offense start that player do you think he's a fantasy starter this week kyle shanahan loves tevin coleman so if, Kev, if Tevin Coleman is clearly healthy and ready to go, he'll probably start. And it might be similar to last week where Hasty still gave you eight fantasy points. But yeah, yeah. if it's Hasty's show, I'm starting him everywhere. Absolutely. hundred percent. Like top 10 starting running back in the league. Yeah. I mean, the system's great and he has fresh legs and yeah, I like it. I, mean, I think he's like, you wouldn't hesitate to start him right now in fantasy this week. 
No, he's already yeah, in my lineups. I started. I was yeah, in yeah. dire situations. I started him in a couple of leagues last week already. I, I'm absolutely. I've. I've. Have, I have him plugged in in every league that I have him in. Okay, uh, that leads me to another AFC West running back. Chase Edmonds to me is fantasy gold right now. I mean, they throw him the ball. They don't never threw the ball to Drake. I don't know if Drake was healthy all year. I think Edmonds will be the man the rest of the year, let alone these next three, four weeks while Drake is out. And he looks darn good. He's a good football player. I, I think he'll be a household name. I'm sure he's already in your fantasy league, folks. But if if you can get him in a trade or if you're considering starting or not, there's maybe 10 backs I'd start over Chase Edmonds. That's a good one. I like that. Chase Edmonds, he's such a perfect backup running back. I'm interested to see if he gets some extended run, what he looks like as the starter, but I've always liked Chase Edmonds even coming out of college, so that's an interesting one for me as well. Uh, speaking of rookies, Denzel Mims getting his first action last week and like led it. the Jets. Look, Jets isn't a powerhouse offense, but they're going to be throwing from behind quite a bit, so... Go pick up Denzel Mims. He might give you a little something if you're really hurting at wide receiver. He only had four catches for 40 yards, but led the team in targets in his first ever NFL action. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. Denzel Mims stock up that he's finally on the field. Another, I think, really talented wide receiver in this crazy 2020 rookie class of wide receivers. It's funny you brought him up because on Locked on Dynasty yesterday, we do a buy and a sell. And I, I said, buy Denzel Mims. You know I mean? Why would they ever take him off the field? I love them coming out of school and nobody wants to touch the Jets. They have the plague. You know, you can get these guys for a reasonable price and he's in the long-term plan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. targeted heavily and Darnold's back. So maybe a little connection there developing. Yeah. Uh, one more real quick. Speaking of rookies, this is my last one. Then you can take it the rest of the way. Tua, welcome to the NFL. Tua Tagovailoa is mm -hmm. going to start in a game uh, after... The, the, the Dolphins buy, so stock up there. I'm really interested to see what this, and it's, it's starting to look a lot like what they envision this team to look like going forward for the Miami Dolphins, and they're even playing better than expected, and they've got their first-round rookie quarterback now dusted off, ready to go, and going to start some games the rest of the way. So I'm excited to watch some Miami Dolphins games. Good one, and you know the big talk now is because we haven't seen him play, and I'm not saying he's going to sweep the league by storm, should they have made the move? Not a bad, you know, I think a month from now, we're going to be like, yeah, they should have made the move. Why are we talking about that? Yeah. Like Fitzpatrick is who he is. You know, this is the kid. It's like, a, you know, sort of a Herbert situation. Should they make the move or not? Um, here's the last couple I have. Speaking of Herbert, I'm kind of stock downing Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly. But what I'm really stock upping is I can't wait to see Herbert with Eckler. Oh, right. And I, my fantasy team can't wait to see Eckler with anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's awesome. I wonder if it hurts Eckler because Herbert is so good throwing down the field and he's not going to be as much of a check down machine as some of the quarterbacks they've had in the past. I think it just helps the Chargers and, and Herbert's development. I mean, fantasy aside, what a, a quarterback friendly player Eckler is. And my point is really just Herbert's done all this without that guy. Wait till he gets that yeah. guy. No, that's a great point. I like that a lot. And the Chargers are a team that I'm maybe buying stock in for the future just because they got their quarterback situation mm -hmm. figured out. And maybe even a team that could make a run this year and, and probably end the, the season a lot stronger than they started it. But they've still had some it's been a struggle for them winning games. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out what kind of a team 
the Chargers are going to be because even with the quarterback playing the way he has, they're still not winning a lot of football games and, uh, you know, had to beat a bad Chargers team this week just to get their second win of the season. Yeah, and I'm 100% with you, except I've bought that stock before and it never makes me money. <laughs> the Chargers <laughs> the Chargers stock specifically or the rookie quarterback team? Stock? No, the Chargers stock. Okay, yeah. I, I bought it the last couple of years and every year my stock, it's, it, it never makes any money for me. That's why you're so pessimistic about Philip Rivers. Okay, now it's starting to make some sense. <laughs> they just always have good players. They always find ways to lose. I think it's just more of a Anthony Lynn stock down. Mm, yeah. That might yeah. be something that changes at some point. I don't know. We'll good, see. Good, good. Uh, good stuff. You got any more? Uh, two little ones. I was really impressed with Fournette. I mean, on the running backs landscape. And I know Jones has looked good, but I think Fournette just grabs that job and offers more in the passing game. And then the other one was this time last year, we were all losing our minds about Christian McCaffrey, rightfully so. And I'm excited. He may even play tomorrow, which is awesome. But Kamara this year has basically been his equal but it doesn't seem to be getting the pub. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yay to Alvin Kamara. Yeah, you know what? We haven't really talked about him much, I don't think, in our stock up, stock downs. I'm glad you brought him up because he's been phenomenal, and he is so fun to watch phenomenal. when he is healthy, and he is healthy now. He is so smooth. I love watching Alvin Kamara play. Yeah, he's the best back in the league right now. That is your Week 8 Stock Up, Stock Down. We'll be back tomorrow with Chris Raybon looking ahead to these... Sunday games, making our six-pack of picks Friday. Chris Raybon of the Action Network making his six-pack of best bets on Thursday's show right here. Peacock and Williamson.